interview you again i really really appreciate your time because without the business mavericks giving me their time i have, i can't do this so the first question is why did you want to do this interview that's a very good question um largely because um it seemed interesting mm -hmm. um Anyone who's writing a book about business mavericks is probably eager to get um, into the minds of certain people who've presumably built businesses mm -hmm. that have a maverick nature to them. And sharing some of my anecdotes uh, is amusing to me, if only to awaken people to the possibility uh, in themselves to do it too. Wonderful. Um, okay, so how would you define a maverick? How would I define a maverick? Yes. Well, a maverick, I mean, you know, there is a definition for a maverick. I mean, a maverick is someone who more or less um, charges forward with what they believe is right um, uh, and potentially at the expense of their own popularity or conformity and, and otherwise. Um, and um, so uh, are willing to push the boundaries um, okay. of normality, so to speak. Uh, and when they bump up against the kind of fixed parameters of society, um, they try to reinvent the rules rather than conform to them. Okay. Why do you think you're a maverick, Alexandra? Well, I'm not going to... I think it's... I think it's a tricky one. I, I, I prefer not to answer the question. I can maybe okay. just think about the, the reasons why I think other people, maybe even, maybe yourself and maybe even Shailen, thought I would be good for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I've never really thought of myself as a maverick and I would never <laughs> be so maverick as to suggest that. Okay, um, okay. Okay, uh, the London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale, okay? Yeah. I'm going to give you seven statements now, and I just need to, you to say true, false, can't decide. Yeah. People tell me that I'm a maverick, or words to that effect. Yes. I have a knack for getting things right when <laughs> least expected. Yes. I have a way of solving problems, which is different from other people. Yes. I am much more productive than other people. Sometimes. Okay. I have very unusual talents. Yes. I am generally underestimated by people. Sometimes. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. Uh, probably, yes. Okay. Why do you do things differently, Alex? Um, I mean, it's a way, it's a way of thinking, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that there's... I think there's... My philosophy behind these things is that I've always felt that there's a creative solution for things. Okay. Um, I think that... Um, I think that... Um, I've, I've been around innovation long enough to understand that there's a psychology of innovation, mm -hmm. that if you think that things are impossible, then they are impossible. Mm -hmm. If you don't realize that they're impossible or don't know enough to know they're impossible, then you might just make the impossible possible. Okay. So, so you know, there's a, there's a naivete, almost a, an innocence uh, that you have to keep maintaining yes. um, when you go forward and try to... You know, when you go and try and solve problems, um, put it a different way, it's, you could call it faith, not necessarily faith in oneself, but faith that the universe will kind of conform to what you're looking for. Um, and, and, and if you keep, you know, um, refining the purpose of your mission, if you keep getting better at convincing people to come along and help you, um, you know, seek out your goals, then, you know, amazing things can happen. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think there's also an element of, like, my, 
another way, again, another way of putting it is the reason why certain things seem crazy and impossible to people is simply because they have a mind block. Yes. And mind okay. blocks occur in everything in mm-hmm. society. We have them all the time. So, for example, we might not think that, um, you know, that if there's, um, you, you know, if, if, I don't know, there's a, there was a good, good experiment that I, that I remember seeing where, where, um, you know, to, in, in order to, like, in order to, like, win this prize, um, people effectively had to, like, tear up a piece of money. Yeah, and the and the and the amount of money that needed to be torn up was like two dollars. Yeah, but people didn't tear it up because they had a mind block around this idea of tearing money. Exactly. And in fact, solving the problem itself was just like a much much bigger deal than two dollars. Exactly. Like, no, so it's things like that. It's about constantly challenging assumptions about what's what's reasonable and what's not. And it's not about actually being difficult with people. It's actually about it's about Again, like it's rewriting the rules of yeah. what's 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 acceptable and what's what's what can push the boundaries. Okay, can you give me an example of something that you do differently in business? Something I do differently in business. Yeah, so you know. Um, I'm very mission driven. I'm, I'm an emotional worker. I believe in emotional intelligence. I believe in in in, in a positive uh, and mission driven culture in any business. Mm-hmm. One of the ways in which, when, whenever I meet people who I want to work with or who are potentially interviewing, okay. um, I, I don't, you know, I, I I kind of decode a lot of this, a lot of the formula, a lot of the the, the classic formulaic nature of what interviews sound like right so you know presumably someone who's coming in to to meet with you is um trying to get a job yeah uh, and 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 you're trying to decode whether they're good at stuff and like there's a difference between um at the end of the day the, the most important thing for both sides is actually to figure out if it's a good if it's a good match yes in other words, you want to figure out really, really quickly if you if 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 the person is like actually motivated by the job that's been put in front of them. Yes. Or, or or if they're just performing well for the interview. So one of the things I do, and I'm relatively direct about these things, although I wouldn't say I'm like rude. I'm not yeah. I'm always yeah. direct at the point of being rude. Yes. But I just I I I pitch my business very, very hard to um to candidates who come in who were thinking of hiring because it's the easiest way for me to understand whether they actually understand themselves what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, very much so. And for them to understand whether they want to get on this boat with us because that's ultimately what it is. So the best thing I could do is in the space of an hour or an hour and a half when I'm meeting them to give them such a good enough taste of what it is they're getting themselves into and likewise what kind of person I am that they either reject it outright and go, God, I could never work with this guy and I don't believe second what they're working on is is worthwhile. Definitely. Which is good for him or her and it's also good for us. And then, of course, the alternative is that they go, no, this is amazing. I, I'm so totally motivated by this idea. Yeah. And I want to jump, I want to jump in head first. The point is you take things to a razor, razor's edge. A lot of people are not willing to do that. Okay. And do you know what I mean by taking oh, things I to razor's edge? Completely get it. Completely get it. It's kind of pushing them to the, the fact. It's a little bit, I, do, I try to do the same thing. I start with why. I believe in, I love Simon Sinek's work. And the first thing I want to know is why do you want to be here? Yeah, and that's right. It's ha- a Simon Sinek thing. I yeah. actually met Simon in, in LA a while back. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm desperate. I would love to interview him. So, thank you. That That's a really, really good example. Very concise. Is what you do, Alex, equated to the bottom line or something else? Equated to the bottom line. Yeah, is this all about money, or is, is this about what? No, what is this about? Not at all for me. Not at all. What is I mean, it about? I in, sorry. What is it about? 
If it's not the bottom line. It's, about, it's not about money. It's about purpose. Wonderful. Is any part of being a maverick to do with having autonomy over your life? Yes. Thank you. Does doing things differently require certain skills? And if so, what are they? Um, I think it's qualities maybe than skills or okay. attitudes maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a sense of possibility. Right. Um, an ability to encourage people to, to think differently. And would it be fair to say, just from what you've said before, it's about one of the one of the things you've mentioned is emotional intelligence, and the other thing you mentioned was, um, you know, almost this childlike quality that, you know, they did this research, didn't they, where they stick children down, and if you put adults with a problem, like tearing up the two dollar bill or two pound note, they'll be they're reluctant to do it, but kids wouldn't think twice about it. Yeah. So, so those right. because. because so I read a lot of uh, a lot of neuroscience books and some more more sort of popular sciencey than others, but mm. generally quite I've gone into quite a lot of depth into consciousness studies and mm -hmm. psychology. It's just like one of my thing, one of my hobbies. Okay. And 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 basically, we inherit memories. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, it turns out the late, latest science is suggesting we even inherit them genetically from our parents. So okay. ancestral, ancestral memories get carried down through genetics as well as through culture. Yeah. And, um, and then on top of that, our lives, you know, initially they're subconscious and, and most of it is subconscious, but then eventually it becomes more and more conscious. But they get layers and layers and layers and layers of memory and training and, and beliefs and pain and pain generates response and mm -hmm. that response creates a certain behavior that you suddenly become subconscious and so on and so forth so when you wake up and you're 30 years old or you're 40 years old or whatever it is you're kind of this just like big cake of layers okay right? and, and each of those layers represents an attitude it represents a way to deal with things it represents a reflex a certain kind of reflex to a certain kind of input so you know, the first step in many ways is to is to understand how to how to you know un, is to become start to become aware of both general s s sort of unconscious reflex. Mm -hmm. What I mean by general unconscious reflex is like what I just said about tearing up the note. Yeah, is generally perceived. It is subconsciously and yet very broadly the case that people won't tear up. Yeah, a note. Uh, because it's just like this, that's not within the realm of their tool sets. Yes. They assume it's not. Um, likewise, they will assume that, you know, you can't cut down the tree to cross the river, even though it's potentially the thing to do. Yeah. But ultimately, what problem solving, like difficult problem solving, mm -hmm. um, is about doing that on a regular basis. Definitely. It's about constantly yeah. challenging uh, whether something can or can't be done. Okay. And, and, and breaking those rules. I mean, I, that, that's long-winded. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. doesn't matter if it's long-winded. I, I, I can see exactly what you're saying, especially because you're interview number 48. Oh. So, um, so I'll tell you a bit more about that at the end. So, what are the challenges to being a maverick? You can't let go of things that might be worth letting go of. Okay, okay. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think it could be a bit exhausting to probably be around someone, someone. I mean, I, again, like, I want to be clear, like, I don't, I don't wake up in the morning and go, you know, and think of myself, gosh, what's this maverick going to do today? Yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. I get but, that. But, but, but in the context of what you're writing, I'd yeah. say, look, you know, I have a style that I think, um, takes relatively thick skinned people to deal with. Yes. Uh, and I think that that, I think, you know, I imagine it, if, if I was in their shoes, sometimes it'd become just exhausting to be around around it. I don't think I'm that bad, but I think that, <laughs> okay. I think that I'm somewhat inconsistent in the way that I deal with things. Part of that gives me the ability to be creative and, and approach things um, non-formulaic. Yeah. I, that Which that is... could become quite aggravating after a while, though.
I think so, it's Alex. Trust me, I think it's a gift. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? Now, when I say maverick, what I mean is somebody who thinks differently. They're not just following the status quo. Um, what aspects of my character? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, uh, a sense of adventure uh, and a sense of and creativity. Adventure and creativity uh, and maybe a sense of just, not just, yeah, maybe justice, like... I get very I get very annoyed at problems that should be solved that haven't been solved. Makes complete sense. Are you born or bred a maverick, do you think? Um, it's funny. I think if you were to ask my mother, yeah. uh, she'd probably say I was born one. Right. Um, and then everything just felt for, to happened as a result of that. Um, I think it's a combination of things. Okay. I mean, I'm the youngest of five. Okay. Um, and I don't know. Um, I've always been trying to solve problems. Like okay. I tried to make. I was I was distraught when I was a kid. Right. When I was seven years old. This was one of my first kind of. It was the first time that I realised I was like maybe realised or. I was trying to like solve things, solve mm -hmm. problems. That I um I was distraught that when horses broke their legs. Right. It was not that they had to be put down because you couldn't fix the leg. Right. And that just horrified me. And so I spent you know, I started scribbling in this in this book and started to try and invent a a machine that would help the horses uh, re recuperate from a broken okay. leg. Okay. And that, and, and, that, and that was an example of me being like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Like, you, you have to be slightly stubborn. I'm a little bit, yeah, that's maybe what it is. I'm like, I'm stubborn. I don't take no for an answer. You know? Yeah, um, I, I, can see, I can see a theme emerging here. <laughs> okay. So, do you think, talking about your childhood, do you think childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick, the type of childhood you had? I think so, yeah. I mean, I grew up in Beirut. My oh, father's okay. Lebanese. Um, so I grew up in a war zone. Right. Uh, where a lot of things were quite unfair. Mm. And where I think, I think one of my, maybe one of my sort of subconscious burdens is the sense of like having to do something about, about, you know, regional conflicts okay. about conflicts between people like that that's the biggest reason why i think i ended up doing state which is my new business okay. um is you know how do we bridge gaps between cultures um because i started to see these just very very clearly how similar everyone is but we don't see it and the, the, it's not easy to see how similar we are so that frustrated me you know okay. people running around running around the world shooting each other with rockets and things who actually for all the wrong reasons, and the reason, and, and 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 the question is then why? Well, because some leader told them to go do it. But, right. But that's not a good enough reason. Okay. Um, were your parents mavericks, Alex? Um. Yeah, in their own way. Yeah, my father likes was an entrepreneur. Um. Uh, I think. Um. um I think um, my mother definitely, yeah, my mother definitely won, and increasingly so. I think she she developed maverick qualities more and more as she went through life. Okay, wonderful. Mavericks often have unusual talents. What would you say yours are? I, I guess I'm, I'm I'm creative. I'm visual. Okay. Uh, I, I, I live at the intersection of a lot of different disciplines, so I'm interested right. in things that usually aren't mixed together. Okay. So um, I studied, I did, I, I used to sculpt, so I used to do art, but then I also studied science. Right, yeah. So I lived at the intersection of those things, and then I started getting interested in psychology, 
So I kind of I'm just kind of you know I, I sort of move into areas that I feel are orthogonal to what I currently know. Okay. And that allows me to synthesize. Yes. And see parallels across. What what you're describing to me is, I call it somebody who makes disparate connections, because you're a polymath. So uh, disparate connections, that's right. Yeah. So okay, and that's a talent, definitely. How would you describe your energy level, Alex? Allergy or energy? Energy. <laughs> um. My energy level, I'm moody, but okay. I'm usually high energy. Okay. That, that. I'm, I'm, I'm high energy, uh, but quite chill. I'm like, I'm relatively chill. My overall character is quite chill. Right. Okay? I'm not agitated, but I'm high energy. Yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that. How do you see rules? Oh, I like to break all the rules. You like to break all the rules? I, I, I've done that my whole life. I was suspended from school. I was <laughs> really? I was always in trouble. Okay. Um, doesn't sound like you've changed much to me, Alex. No. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? Like, for example, some people I interview, they're like, you know, I tried doing it the nine-to-five way and everything, and then one day I just thought, no, this is not for me. And some people said, you know, ever since I was little, I everything I wanted to do, I, you know, I wanted to just break the mould and just do it my way because I couldn't understand why the, way was, the world was doing it the way they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I think I get a kick out of it. Okay. Um, I get a kick out of it. Um, okay. I think, um, yeah, I don't think I, I never did it maliciously. I think it was always, um, I guess I like to just demonstrate that certain things are possible. Wonderful. Are you always a maverick or, a, or do you choose to be so at times? Always a maverick. Okay. Do you turn the dial up and down on your maverickism level? Like in this situation, I don't need to be so full on here. And in this situation, yeah, we need to kick ass and show them what's really possible. Um, I think as I get older, I become more discerning, mm -hmm. self-aware about how I channel my energy. Okay in different things you know a lot of it comes down to I have increasingly a better understanding of my uh, my energy levels mm -hmm. overall and I and being you know being disruptive bringing alternative an alternative way of thinking is exhausting yes <laughs> you know so it takes a lot of energy to do it and to fight for it and all the rest of it so okay what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? That's a very good, very good point. If you succeed, people, um, it, 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 it stands out because you get sort of double the, double the benefit. Mm -hmm. Right? People are like, oh my God, in spite of being a pain, he, he succeeded or he, she succeeded. Right. Um, but I think that the flip, the flip side is, 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 is also the true, which is that, um, for the same reason as a lot of people resist the urge or stay away from doing things differently, but for fear of, you know, of looking, of sticking out. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, I think that there's also this view that amongst, let's say, you know, there's this attitude often that, like, you know, who does he think he is to yeah. try and do it that way? Yeah. Um, so there's a kind of ant there's a sort of social anti-pressure. Yeah. That that keeps people from doing things differently because there are implications. You know, there are consequences. Definitely. Um, now, you know, I think as I live my life longer and longer, to me, I don't, I don't necessarily see those consequences. I think I, 
I think I could probably feel them. Okay. But I don't think in the larger scheme of things, like, uh, I just think they're, they're well worth, it's well worth bearing those consequences. Right. Because the possibility, the life's possibilities are just so much greater if you, you know, march to the beat of your own drum. Yeah, you know, somebody said to me, Alex, it was, I think it's really, really nice how they said it. They said, they don't like us. They don't understand us, but they want what we can deliver. Yeah, that's right. And I thought that was really telling, actually. Are there any situations where having a maverick approach is just positively harmful? Um, uh, yeah, I think the more formal the situation probably. Okay, like, okay. You know, in situations where people just don't want you to stick out, specifically. Yeah. Uh, but no, not, not in general. I mean, I think in general... Um, yeah, I mean, I think, to, to put it simply, if the situation demands conservatism, mm -hmm. it's it's not useful to be a maverick. Okay. You've touched on this, Alex, but how has age and experience altered your maverick approach, if it has in any way? Well, part of my issue is that I've had some success mm. in one business right. from being you know, being perhaps, as you would put it, like a maverick. Okay. Um, and so that's probably given me a false sense of of, um, of confidence or whatever you want to call it, uh, that it, it's the same approach to apply again. Now, maybe it is. Okay. Uh, I'm not suggesting it's not. But I think, I do think that, I think as I get older, I, I, um, I try to apply my maverickness, as you might call it, okay. um, more judiciously, um, so that it's like you know, this is the time to, you know, especially in the area of management, you know, you want to, yeah. you want to create room for other people to explore their own creativity, their own sense of possibility, and. That, that's, I think that's what happens when you get older. You... Definitely. And I think you've kind of answered my next question, is how you've grown as a maverick, because it's very nicely put. You know, you're more judiciously using your maverickness. Yeah, um, right. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? Um... In the things that I care about, so uh, the product, product development, um, in the marketing of the product and raising money and bringing on partners, uh, but not in areas that are uninteresting to me. Okay. Finance or... Um, you know, administrative things. It's really funny because that's the two. I've yet to find, I've interviewed, like I said, you're number 48, and I haven't yet met a maverick who's figured out how to maverickify the tax and admin system. That's I'm exactly. really hoping somebody's going to come along and say, well, you know what? <laughs> anyway, what aspects of your life are you most maverick in, Alex? Uh, that's a good question. Um... But my life overall, yeah, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty unusual amongst all my friends. I mean, I, you know, I'll in grow. what way? Well, I mean, I'd say like I, I, I enjoy just, I, I get bored easily. Mm -hmm. It's a maverick trait, actually. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get bored, and the way for me to cure the boredom is to just, you know, set a challenge that has. That is that shake things up. So I, I would you know I've thrown huge parties on boats in London, the, the, where everyone has to dress up in silly seventies funk gear. Oh uh, wow! And 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 it's the sort of thing. It's the sort of thing where you'd think at the age of thirty five that no one would want to come, but actually I've never had this. 
The parties have never been so successful. You, you haven't met some of my friends, trust me. It's it, Yeah, it, it works that way. They kind of... Um, it, it's almost like, n- not non-conforming for the sake of non-conforming, but just that passion to non-conform. That's exactly right. Mm. Um, you know, I get... I'm uninterested in, like, in very formulaic social IT yeah. stuff. Um, I don't like to join clubs. Um, you know, I find anything that's like, I, I get bored and unimpressed by the safety of, of, of like, um, of group of sort of group approval. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, like I don't, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Oh, completely. Need to get the approval of some club. Yes. Or some group uh, or feel like I have to belong to an explicit group like for me the great to me it's the opposite like I find life is much more interesting if I can just hop around yeah it's really yeah yeah completely get that so what aspects of your life are you least maverick in (laughs) um Actually, you know, it's funny. Um, I should add that on the Mavericks side, I'm on my housing. I'm pretty Maverick. Okay. Tell me about that. I Well, I just bought a house in Queen's Park that I'm, I, I managed to convince the council yeah. to let me demolish completely. Uh, and I'm building a completely new house in its place. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, And that doesn't happen very often. Um and 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 I and I decided the moment I saw the house, I'm going to demolish this thing because it's awful. And everyone said you can't demolish houses because they'll never let you. And um, now they just never asked. And exactly, and no one ever asked. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, and actually, you know, it's interesting. That's a big issue in this country in particular. Yeah. Is I went to a formal boarding school, and when, by the time I left the boarding school, I was so desperate to. Stop being told what I could and couldn't do. Yeah, yeah. But I, I made it a passion to kind of keep breaking the rules. But yeah, housing is another one. Okay. I mean, instead of at least I'm least maverick in. I don't know. Um, it's difficult to say. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm not that maverick when it comes to like clothing. Right. I'm not that maverick when it comes to. Uh, I don't know what other parts of my life are. Uh, I mean, like. I guess what other parts I'm not that maverick when it comes to uh, I was going to say to like travel but then again I do go and do things like heli skiing or volcanoes which probably sounds a bit maverick Uh, yeah Um, lovely it's on my bucket list I I bored so which is why I moved to Vancouver all right well yeah so I guess what what other aspects of life could I potentially not be maverick? Well, um, some of the well, I don't want to give you any answers, but some of the things I'm happy to share what people have said. You know, they were like, you know, I'm so maverick in my business. I don't want to do everything like everything else. But when I'm with my girlfriend and my relationship, I can't just conform. I can't just. There's no, you know, um, as one person put it, you know, I don't think if I jumped in a space suit in the bedroom every night or something like that and be really maverick that my girlfriend wouldn't cope or something yeah, to those that's right. I mean, I think domestically I'm actually pretty straightforward. Yeah, but... and that happens. People say, a lot of people have said that's a nice balance they have, that they can be as wild as they want. And because of the energy that it takes, as you were saying, at home, they just want, like, the, let's just do normal domestic bliss here. That's right. You know, that's, that's some, that's that's some people. That's pretty straightforward at home. Like, okay. I, you know, I, like, have a little lamp by the bed. Yeah. And I, I read something, fall asleep. You know, I'm very simple when it comes to all that. Yeah, see, whereas me, if I could have life really how I wanted it, I'd run a helter-skelter in my bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Yes. What's the legacy, Alex? Uh, I think just having done my part to push to push the boundaries of what you know we collectively can do and can do for ourselves, can do for the planet. You know Thank I mean? you. And is it related to um, give back, pay it forward? I think so. I think so. I think that it's in psychological terms, it definitely is. Um, 
we, you know, if you look at the different levels of psychological state, the people who are most violent tend to be people who've got a lot of shame. Mm. Shame comes from a lack of love. Um, I think that at the other end of the scale, people who've been, um, you know, a lot of people who are considered geniuses, people who who have a a history of being loved and looked after by their families. Right. A sense of responsibility um, or a sense of, 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 um, yeah, I mean, that's generally often the case. Okay. Um, I think I, I grew up with more than I could ever have hoped for mm-hmm. in terms of love and possibility from the family. And so, um, but I think that there is, I, I do have a, a view both about myself and about other people who've grown up with, um, with an easy setup, mm-hmm. like I would say relatively easy setup. I mean, there are aspects of my upbringing that were not easy, like growing up in bombing in Beirut but on the whole like I just like I don't want to over dramatize that because the truth is like I never like struggled to eat yeah yeah I was beaten by my parents you know I just I had a loving supportive privileged upbringing so I feel that like I feel we you know everyone should do whatever they can and um if all they can do is look after you know their family Mm -hmm. uh and and that's fine yeah um and if all they can do is look after themselves, that's fine too. But if if all that stuff is already done and dusted, so to speak, then I think I think you owe it to to yourself and to everyone else to kind of try and contribute to a broader to society as a whole. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answers the yeah. question. Yeah. No. 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 That does because I can see how you're trying to give back as a human being. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Biggest risk? Uh, leaving a my own very successful company to go and start another company. Okay. How many venture Now, what I don't know about you, Alex, and I do this deliberately, is... Um, I don't know anything about your companies. Um, I just know the names of them, okay? So how many ventures have you taken in the past five years? Two. Okay. And what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? Success, according to Alex. Um... Creating a, a product or a service that's meaningful right. um, has a, a net positive effect on, on the world. Okay. And, and one that um, is sustainable and, and, and employs people. I mean, I think employing people is a great thing. Um, okay. You know, you know I, think, uh, I think the business needs to have purpose, needs to create something that's meaningful. And then I think the operationally it needs to sustainably uh, employ people in a way that's rewarding to them and and um, and uh, yeah is rewarding to them on many levels okay. as many as possible so of the two ventures you've told me about what percentage were successful so the first one was successful and the second one you're still working on yes yes okay what leads to success Successful execution of a venture. Perseverance. Okay. Anything um, else? Perseverance, focused, and a clear mission. Okay. What did you do, Alex, that made that first venture successful? What was it that you brought to the table? Uh, creativity, perseverance. Okay. Um, yeah, problem solving. Okay. Impro- improvisation. Wonderful. Improvisation, okay. Have you ever done any any projects that were unsuccessful? Started a company that's been unsuccessful. Um, let me think. Um, I mean, I obviously worked on near short-term things, products and things that haven't been launched. Mm. Um 
I guess it depends what you mean by a thing that's unsuccessful. Um, According to your definition. You said this was success, so have you ever done something where it didn't meet that definition? No, not yet, thank God. But Wonderful. I, I'm not, and I think that's maybe part of, you know, that could also be a curse, right? Is that I don't... Something may not... Something may be a lot of effort, maybe more effort than it necessarily deserves, but I keep going because I... I don't like the idea of... I, 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 I don't like the idea of... You know, in many ways, if something is worth doing, then I'll keep doing it. If it's not worth doing, then I don't care about it failing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Um, I'm afraid of, like, losing... Um, losing a sort of... Uh, a mojo of some kind to be able to keep solving problems. Yeah, that makes complete sense. How important is team to you as a maverick? Uh, so very important, um, and, and increasingly important. That's maybe an area where I've matured. Is I think in the old days I've, I had this feeling like you know, I could solve a problem and I could tell everyone what to do and all right. the rest of it. Now I realise how much faster and more satisfying it is to bring in talented people who can who can bring special their own special you know skills to the party. Okay, I think this is probably a good place to stop. So if you do your call, um, I'll just leave my Skype on, and if you just Skype me when you're ready. Okay, okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Alex. I hope your meeting goes well. (laughs) Thanks, Billy. Bye. All the best. Bye. Okie dokie. Right. Do you draw upon other Mavericks in any way? Not as much as I should. Okay. Um, like, I think I... I, 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 I might go so far as to admit that I'm rarely impressed by people. Okay. Uh, which I don't think is a, is a strength or a quality. I don't think that's a good thing. You don't uh, think that's a good thing? Uh, I think it's maybe just because I'm overly judgmental and it's a way of me compensating for something deep in my subconscious. But I, I don't... Um, I don't know why that is, you know. I mean, I, I, I observe qualities in people. Okay. But I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I very rarely go, wow, I'd love to be like that guy. Or that guy, or whatever. It's not that I say, ne- it's not that it never happens. It's just it doesn't happen often. Okay, okay. And it does, it's interesting because it often doesn't happen in where, in the areas where I would expect, where you might expect it to happen. So, like, I'm a technology entrepreneur. You'd think that I, I would be like, wow. Yeah. I'd love to be like Steve Jobs, or I'd love to be like so and so. I don't I have. I, I, I found myself aspiring to be. Um, to have, or aspiring to have qualities that are. Some qualities that are amongst. You know, some incredible people in the tech space, but never to actually be like. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. Um, you said you said one example was Steve Jobs. What was the other person? I didn't get hear that. Well, I don't specific. Well, Steve Jobs, I specifically don't. Um, I think Steve Jobs has incredible uh, skills, but I don't necessarily aspire to be. Uh, yeah, like no, that makes sense. Um, I think he was. I think. I think. And Steve. Um, I think he had a lot of weaknesses that are kind of deal breakers for me. You know, like he, was, he didn't treat people very well. Okay. But the other, I, I'm just trying to think if I met, if I was really intended to say someone else. I'm just trying to think. Uh, uh, there's, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to withhold uh, putting another person out. You, you don't have to. You yeah. don't have to give me another person. Okay, how and where did you get your permission to be a maverick, to think in this way that you do? I didn't ask for permission. Okay. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? 
So you run this company. How do you lead differently? Do you lead differently? Um, yeah, I think so. I think I, 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 I probably, inv- I think I probably invest time in, in, um, showing people, you know, what's possible and trying to focus on inspiration rather than, um, rationalization, you know, um, that's sort of my approach. Okay. That makes sense. You know, I think I think at some level, you know, there's lots of there's lots of reasons we talk about for why people come to work mm-hmm. and work hard. But at the end of the day, what makes people like actually get up every day and work hard and is an emotional response. Yes. And, and it's not a rational response, it's an emotional response. And an emotional response is affected by, you know, whether you smile at people or whether you're friendly to people or whether you, you, you're sensitive to what people's purpose is in life. If you, you know, if, you're, if you try to incorporate what they're trying to aim for in their own lives and weave that into what you're trying to do with the company. And, yeah. You know, those are the things that matter. And obviously money matters and it's a reflection of how much you respect them. But I've... I've been through very difficult times in some of my companies mm-hmm. um, where I haven't been able to pay people a lot of money, um, and they continue to work because they felt like, you know, it was, you know, they were working with good people, they were respected, they were working on an important problem, and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, thank you. Is being a maverick related to creativity, and if so, how? You've said about problem solving, so how does it relate to creativity? Well, I think that they're very tightly connected, right? So, mm-hmm. creativity in many ways is is the is the uh, process of synthesizing something new, right? Uh, that was previous that, that is both useful and uh, unique. Um, and um, I think uh, very often um, the way to get something that's useful is to have a purpose Mm -hmm. and the way to make something unique and new is to demonstrate that what previously was thought to not be possible uh, is in fact possible. Yeah, I mean, another way of putting it, and I've I've actually spoken about this at lectures before, the definition of innovation, this is the people, this is the thing that I I find amusing. Yeah, because that was my next question. Yeah, go on. It's the thing that I find amusing in entrepreneurship is people go, you know, um, you know, I've been pitching my idea and no one gets it. And I'm like, well, it could be because it's a silly idea, but it could be because it's a good idea. It could be that the very thing that makes something disruptive and innovative is also the thing that makes other people not get it. Yes. Because if they did get it, it would be obvious. And if it was obvious, it wouldn't be a particularly interesting invention. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and in fact, the more disruptive it is, right? Uh, I.e., the more maverick it is, yes. Uh, the less obvious it is to everyone else. That is, that is, by definition, what it means to be disruptive. Exactly, exactly. Are there any career decisions that you regret in relation to your potential as a maverick? Like some people I've interviewed, they've said, "Yeah, I should have left the corporate world years ago." But are there any career decisions that you regret? No. I don't know. I think I think the jury's still out on that one. Okay. Okay. I'm 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 philosophical enough about these things to wonder whether even having gone down the path of starting my own company and having it be successful, yeah, what's in fact the right career move? Okay. Okay. Mavericks tend to be learners. What are you a student of? I think I'm a, you know, I think I want to learn about, um, I'm passionate about, you know, learning things that I feel like are going to contribute somehow. What I found is interesting. 
I, I'm disinterested by a lot of things. Right. Um, not, and it's weird because I'm like, I'm not necessarily dismissive. I'm just like completely disinterested. Yeah, yeah. And yet at the same time, if I get a glimpse of something that may seem disinteresting, yeah. or uninteresting, I should say, um, but is actually somehow related to something that I am keen on, to right. a mission of some kind. Yeah. Then I jump into it head first and I sort of consume it. So, for example, you know, um, I have been very interested in, um, I'm interested in philosophy, I'm interested in uh, integral spirituality, mm -hmm. I'm interested in consciousness studies, I'm interested in neuroscience. I, I don't know why particularly. I mean, my mother's a psychotherapist, but like I'm way more into these books than she is. Okay. Uh, and um, and it makes me understand the world better. Like it, it to me, it's like the mechanics of the mind. In a way, I think I studied physics and science and engineering because it's really helpful. It's very empowering to know how things work. Like I know yeah. how most things work. You know, I I know about why things are the way they are. And okay. like if I don't know why things are the way they are, I sort of ask the question and I keep. You know, I, until I get a sort of a, a good enough answer so I can, like, rest at night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's that curiosity thing again, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And, and I think it's the same. You know, I think I, I got this. I, I, I think there's a sort of a little bit in the sort of philosophical realm of, like, you know, what's the way to live one's life? You know, I think it's um, so much of it. You know, once you start, once you start appreciating the extent to which one's own psychology and the psychology of others play into decisions, mm -hmm. prejudices, and and all sorts of things, that is, it can become actually a hell of a burden because your brain is working overtime, Time, you know, yeah, to, yeah, to deal with like the normal stuff, and then to deal with the overhead um, of examining all the normal stuff, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't go back. Okay, cool. Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? Who is some person in my life that makes all the difference? Um, well, um, my wife. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because it's not in the way you'd imagine she has she's emotionally very intelligent and she's not intellectual in the way that I am. It's not mm -hmm. that she's not intellectual, mm. it's just that she's not She's intellectual differently. She's different yeah, in a different way. Like certain yeah. things are just obvious to her that are just not obvious to me. Yeah. Um and emotional intelligence is a big one. Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of what I mean by that philosophical thing. Like I think like uh, I kind of I kind of soothsayer that I saw a few years ago said it kind of in an interesting way which is he said like you know you've got this creative sharp creative mind that's a bit like a, a big razor blade that can okay. kind of cut, cut through things and you feel very empowered because you can this razor blade can just keep cutting through things except that you don't you haven't yet experienced the power of an ocean which is not sharp but is nonetheless very powerful. Yes. Uh, because it accommodates and yet continues to move things. Yeah. Um, and 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 he, funny enough, said, you know, that you'll want to really develop that aspect of yourself and also find someone who can teach you that. And I think in my wife has that thing, you know, that and quality. Not drive each other crazy on a bunch of things. Yeah. But but but. It, to me, it's very calming to 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 be able to detach from the hyper cerebral thing. Okay. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes complete sense. Um, I used to teach emotional intelligence and stuff, so yeah, you're yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. What do you have to sacrifice anything because you're a maverick? Yeah, I think I, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I think in my case, um, yes, uh, because um, I sacrifice consistency, predictability, mm -hmm. 
a certain a certain quality of life. Um, you know, you've certainly in, in what I do, I kind of got to be on the ball all the time. Yeah, I've yes. got to be, you know, switched on. Uh, I take holidays, but they're never quite holidays. You know, there are there are there are trade offs. Um, yeah, and um, you know, you try and limit them where you can. And maybe my next big project will be how do I create a lifestyle that's truly balanced beyond what people think is, yeah. is, is feasible. I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, that would be amazing, actually. What motivates you as a maverick? You've said it's about purpose and your mission, and it's usually about something that you really care about. So what motivates you? So what motivates you to start, to start up these businesses and be the way you are? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good question. I think, um, well, I mean, one motivation is that I never saw myself working in a big company. Okay, excellent. Uh, and so that's one. And then the other one it would be like, um, I really, do, I think I do see things differently. Um, I see, I, I kind of can, I think I can synthesize a whole range of different things very quickly. Yeah. And then I can form those into concrete ideas because I understand how things can get actually done. Yes. Rather than dreaming up, we're like, wouldn't it be great if you could just yeah. like, you know, like have a hovercraft that like takes you across the lagoon. To, you know, I, I, instead of just having the thought, yeah. I actually take it three steps beyond that and actually like sketch it out and right. figure out how much power you'd need in the thrusters and right. oh, actually it's, it's feasible we can actually do it you know um, and then I can actually talk intelligently to people who can actually do it you know so it, 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 I feel highly I do feel empowered by the experiences I've had so that when I do come up with ideas um, they're quite fully formed whenever I present them to people and and that makes me feel encouraged that I can go and solve them now, okay. the issue with that yeah. is that because it, some of things come quite easily to me, I, I A, underestimate some of the more, more mundane tasks associated with going off and doing them. Mm -hmm. um, and secondly, I get disinterested by things that are relatively straightforward, and so I gravitate toward things that are, like, huge and complicated and, and potentially massively disruptive and satisfying if they work but are nevertheless just a lot of work and the sort of stuff you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy okay yeah that makes sense do you like being a maverick yes is being a maverick a responsibility in any way um I'm not sure it is, no. Okay. Is it important? Why do we need mavericks? Particularly in the business world. Um, well, you must have heard the, the uh, George Bernard Shaw quote now. The, um, um, uh, you know, let me, let me just, let me think through it. Let me just dig it up. It's, it's, um, the the reasonable man can you know adapts to the world. Uh, therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Completely concur with you. Now you've more or less done this interview. Got a few more questions. On a scale of one to ten, how maverick are you? Not in comparison to anybody else, but you. If you were saying, okay, I'm at about so and so at the moment. Um, um, I would say that I am a nine. Excellent. And I say that, I'll tell you why, because I don't, I think literally my whole life I've been constantly trying to, I might have been breaking rules or changing rules. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that what happened when I was 15 is I realized I didn't have to break rules in order to 
to, to, to change things. You know? I, could just, I, could, I could work within a kind of framework. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think so. Okay. What advice would you give to someone, Alex, who feels they're a maverick, yeah, so that they can be the best possible maverick they could be? Uh, be as human as possible. Be as human as possible. Thank yeah. you. How do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? Um, by just sharing experiences and making them feel like, you know, they can, if they have a, if they, if they want to go off and do something, they can. You know, that, that they, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, um, they should take, they should absorb feedback from people, but that they shouldn't, they shouldn't be dissuaded from going off and seeking out um, their goals or their okay. objectives. And how do you serve yourself? How do I serve myself? Yeah. Um, um, it's a good question. I mean, I think... Um, Um, I don't know. I think I think when I when I'm when I'm slightly visioned about something, mm -hmm. I try to remind myself that um, I'm very fortunate to be able to sort of solve problems in interesting ways. Okay. Um, and, okay. that, and that that can be applied to anything. You know, I can get quite bogged down in a particular, my issue is I get bogged down in a particular thing, mm -hmm. a particular person that I'm dealing with. It's not, I'm not, it's not being cooperative or whatever. And, and I, can get, I can get unnecessarily disproportionately bogged down in that. Okay. And, um, yeah, I was just saying I get unnecessarily disproportionately bogged down okay. it's helpful to remind myself that, that it's, everything's going to be alright okay what's your biggest ambition right now Alex my biggest ambition right now is to connect the world through what people think rather than who they know wonderful life at 80 what does it look like Life at 80. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, life at 80. Wow. Um, um, I think it's filled with children and grandchildren, beautiful, uh, inspiring ideas, warm-hearted friends, um, uh, a sense of having done whatever I could um, to, um, you know, and continue to be doing whatever I can to, to be... Um, bring like positive, transformative, you know, force to the world. Wonderful. If you were doing something, if you wanted to do something different in life, you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would it be? Uh, um, I'd be a sculptor or a designer. So. Okay. If you could have a superhero power... What superhero power would you want? Um, I think flying is pretty good. Excellent. What do you do for fun, Alex? Uh, <laughs> I travel. I... Um, Kite surf, I ski, I um, tennis, I um, 
I work out, I um, dance, I, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Good one. Um, let me think. Um, um, if you were an animal, what would it be? If you were an animal, what would it be? Okay, so what what, what animal would you be? <laughs> I don't know where, I, th- I thought you were a bit obtuse, so what would you be? <laughs> oh, I'm definitely a lion. You're definitely <laughs> a lion. Yeah, just in every possible way, like, I'm just like, I'm a Leo, I like, all my behaviours are just like, you know, it's like, it's... Okay, it's so... Like, it's, it's like, it's like, standard, op- standard issue, male lion behaviour. Okay, so first of all, thank you for letting me interview you. I've really enjoyed it. I can see exactly why Shailen suggested I should interview you. Very, very... Well, I hope it's helpful. I hope you, 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 you use all these answers judiciously. I will do. 